I do have to hit my reload though before we start going on this. Will, how are we doing, man? This video and podcast is brought to you by Zen. You can reach Zens at Zen.com. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, whatever. How is your lower body feeling? You got dry right needle now? This- yeah, you got dry needle this morning. Um, walking lunges were difficult. Yeah. What else did you like today? Add some uh, eccentric front squats and then uh, some trap bar deadlifts mixed in with a little bit of single leg stability and core stuff that I need to do. Yeah, you know, the one thing that you've always been better at me at is a uh, squat. And you were doing like, what, what were you doing today? You said three. 295. 295. That's still more than I can do on front squat. If I fucking front squat sucks dick. And I, I don't know why. I think it has to do with like my ankle mobility or my hip mobility. But what's your secret? I don't know. I just do the normal mobility stuff that I've been prescribed throughout the years. I just lift more than you. And yet uh, you are somehow in the bottom 1% of using your lower half in your pitching delivery. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Dude, walk... Lower body efficiency, not very good with me. Yeah, walk... Walk me through like what that looked like because you guys, you go to your new school now, you go to VCU in Richmond, Virginia, and um, you were telling me that, what was it, Spencer Strider's, like, what is it, his specialists? Like, walk me through that process. There's a training facility, and it's kind of like driveline. Uh, It's located in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, It's called Maven Labs, and uh, our coaches are pretty close with them. And so that they came out to our facility and did a bunch of testing on all our athletes, um, hitters and pitchers. And so for the pitchers, they brought um, their own mound that had like pressure plates in it. And um, they were able to measure how much um, force we were applying into the ground mixed with like a bunch of cameras around us. And, you know, after we threw, they were able to see, you know, how much force we applied in the ground and, basically the efficiency of our upper body and out of all the athletes they tested i was in the top one percent of upper body efficiency and how i move you know above my hips but everything below it was ranking on the dead last out of every single athlete they tested today or in the fall and so but they went to a bunch of colleges i think they went up to virginia i don't know where else but They've they've been to some big schools too, so that's freaking sick. That's a lot of that's pretty good resources to go to. Is that is it like that everywhere at your school, your new school at least? Uh, yeah, I definitely have a lot of um, technology and help um, and just resources around school. And the cool thing that I like about it is that it's all it's all connected, and you know everyone talks together. Um, so everyone knows what we're doing 24 seven, you know, our strength coach knows what I'm trying to work on, on the mound and vice versa with our pitching coach and our athletic trainer, our physical therapists are in on everything too. You know, we even have a mental coach that I'm going to be working with in the spring. So really, there's a lot of good stuff that, um, is happening up there and I'm really, really happy to be a part of it. That's freaking sick. You got a mental coach. Yeah, I I'll have to look it up, but I'm pretty sure it's some some doctor that we get to see. 
Hmm. Um, we talked about it in my exit meeting. So I'll be seeing, uh, there's, we got two, we have a, a male and a female that we can work with. Um, so I'll be visiting with one of them, uh, this coming spring. So yeah, that's, that's fucking badass. I mean, honestly, I think that's probably the most undervalued training aspect is like the mental game, the mental side of things. Um, especially like it, I mean, obviously we're here, we're always working on like getting stronger, faster than throwing, but a lot of times we forget um, about like the mental side. And then a lot of guys, they'll go out and play after training in here for like five months and they won't be able to perform because they didn't address those certain things. So I, I think that's pretty sick that they're providing you guys with that resource, get that going, but a little better than EPCC and Blinn in that yeah, department. Yeah, a little bit. Definitely a lot more resources <laughs> up there. Um, yeah how how did uh how did they end up reaching out to you or when did they or vcu when did they reach out to you so i committed to play summer ball in the cpl with the peninsula pilots and we had um one of the assistant coaches there um was thinking about taking a job with vcu at the time as like a like an analyst and stuff like that. And he's a student manager at VCU. So he's covering all our analytics and stuff with TrackMan and all that. And so he was thinking about going up to VCU. He was at a, another JUCO called Paul DeCamp, I think, up there in Virginia. And so um, he was talking to them on the phone, and they were saying that they needed left-handed pitchers. And so um, I was like, couple days away from committing to another school and um he called me up and he was like are you still uncommitted or what's the deal with your your status and i said no nah, i'm still looking for places but i'll probably commit here pretty soon why what's up and then he told me about vcu and i was like yeah that'd be sick i mean you know i've seen at the time i'd seen a little bit about their program um you know they win a lot of championships there in the A-10 uh, in the past, and they just got a new coach um, last year. So this is his second season there. And uh, Coach LaCroix was at Clemson before VCU, so he's played at a real – or he's played and coached at a high-level baseball there at Clemson. And so I just wanted to be a part of it. It sounded really good, and I committed literally within 48 hours. It was pretty sweet. Yeah, no, that's that's a – having that coach like a coach that has played and coached at a high level i think that sets a lot of schools up for success because i know like even my school obviously our coach came in and there was a, like a steep drop off in talent at least when he got there and it took a little bit of time to recruit the right guys and everything like that but he he played at Wachita baptist in arkansas it's a division two school and when he was there they went to the division two world series they were runner-ups. They lost in the championship. Um, and then after that, he went on to coach at – or he coached at uh, Henderson State. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. They're like a top 25 every year for Division Two. So, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's important to get a, get behind a coach that has played at the high mm -hmm. like the highest level as well yeah. as – yeah. So For sure. I think that's pretty big too because, I mean, with what we got here at Bimal, I mean, obviously – 
you know, what Joe's done and everyone mm-hmm. here and their uh, experience. And then our pitching coach at VCU, just this is his first year, um, but he's pretty young and I like that like that part of him because he's, you know, fresh out of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, coached at FIU last year and um, was in the White Sox organization for a couple of years um, prior to being at VCU. And, you know, what he's been able to do with myself and the other guys with those Maven results that we got and then mixed in with, you know, the knowledge of what everyone has here at Bimal. And just everything combined has been great. So I've just been taking little pieces of everything and then seeing what works and then going from there. Yeah, no, I uh, I like that just because I think a lot of throwing programs that they put guys on, especially at school, they kind of just lump everybody together and have them do the exact same drills and everything like that. But you were what you were telling me the other day, because you were doing like water bag drills and I hopped in with you and you were like, yeah, these are the ones that they gave to me to work on what I was bad at. And uh, that just helps, like, not only, like, individually, it helps you bring up your skill, but the team as a whole. Because if you can get better at what you suck at, um, like, you guys are going to end up working better as a team. You're going to be able to perform better, more dubs, in the, or more, more wins in that column. And my coach always loves to say that that's the only currency that matters in college baseball is wins. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> what makes the money is wins. Yeah, so. exactly. What uh, I wanted to ask you, one thing I wanted to ask you, so for anyone that doesn't know, Will was one of the two founding members of the Bimal Elite Athletics Texas location. You were yeah. you, you and Renee Solis were the only yeah, first the two OG. guys. Yeah, how long, you guys were, what, like three months? It was literally just you two, yeah? Yeah, I mean, I was here for like a week or two, and then Renee came, and then, dude, we were here by ourselves for, I don't even know, a couple months maybe. And, yeah. uh you know, obviously it's taken, taken off since there. We got a ton of athletes, you know, I can't even find a 45 pound plate to deadlift with today. So. <laughs> the gym was packed. It was like, we have right now what we're doing was we have all the college guys coming in at 11 on Monday, Tuesday, um, what is it? Thursday. Thursday and Saturday. They all come in at 11. We all warm up together for our strength and conditioning coach, Fernie Zubia. He runs everybody through like the same, like a dynamic warm up. And then like some plyometric work and then everyone gets into their throwing or hitting if you're a position player. And then um, everyone's in the gym at the exact same time, just so we can separate the college guy, college and professional guys from the high school guys. So there's not a whole lot of crossover because that has been an issue in the past that I, I know you you were talking about that, how in the past that's been an issue where like you got younger guys um, getting in the way, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. good stuff. Yep. <laughs> Dude, relax, man. I am You're... relaxed. I got my feet up. <laughs> got my arm out. Yeah. So, um, ow, what was I going to – I just lost my train of thought completely. I love that, dude. These these ends aren't really doing me any any favors right now. Oh, I was going to ask you about your summer ball experience because you played – what was the conference you played in or the league? I was in the, the CPL, the Coastal Plains League. So, it's basically – there's – two divisions the north and the south i believe um it basically runs from georgia up to virginia um like the macon bacon are in there and the savannah bananas bananas were in there before you know they obviously That's, just change to do their silly stuff i i saw something like their players get paid pretty pretty decently i could be wrong but like they're the professional team at least 
Like guys get picked up there for like the independent ball and they get paid a decent amount. I think one of uh Drew Marufo, our our head pitching guy, one of his teammates, um, he played on the Boise Hawks in the Pioneer League this past season, and his one of his teammates just signed with the Savannah Bananas. And it's pretty cool. I mean, I like seeing that stuff on social media. I mean, I would you would you ever try to play in something like that? It's a it's a little unique. I mean, it's funny. It's it's cool. They do mm-hmm. have a big social media presence, but I don't really feel like doing Fortnite emotes before I throw a pitch. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, um, one of one of the guys that I followed, um, I, I'm forgetting his name. He's he's really popular on TikTok. Uh, but he's one of their pitcher. Or he was one of their pitchers, not anymore. But um, he throws gas. Like that's the thing. I think a lot of people forget. They're like, oh, like it's it's mainly for entertainment and stuff. But a lot of the guys that they have are, are they're good. Like he's throwing ninety three to ninety five, <laughs> obviously doing dances. It's a it's a little unique, yeah, but um, I mean, yeah, that's all for entertainment. But when you think about it, I mean, to a certain level, we're all entertainers. I mean, yeah, at the big league level, like people watch the games, they want to be entertained. That's literally our whole sport. Mm-hmm. So I mean, without them, then there's no money in the sport, and they're, you know what I mean. So yeah, one of the. Uh, uh, I want to say my first year at my school, I was in a class with our uh, director of like communications for the athletic department. And one of the classes was going over like fan engagement at sporting events and like all the things that like professional sports have to like take into account in order to make sure the fan experience is good. And it's not just worrying about the players and stuff because, you know, you got to put seats in or you got to put butts in the seats. At the end of the day, you got to make money somehow. That's how you end up uh, shutting down. Just like yeah. the uh, the El Paso Diablos, a long time ago, you remember them. But I think uh, both like minor league teams that I've really experienced and been a part of, like the Chihuahuas here in El Paso and the Richmond Flying Squirrels. I think both of them do a really good job. Mm-hmm. Um, Watch well, the entertainment well, aspect. Triple A Stadium here for the Chihuahuas, state of the art. Like it's freaking nice. Like I remember we got to go play there in high. Did you get to play there in high school? Cause you, yeah, I mean, you went, twice. yeah, he, he will went to my rival high school. He went to Coronado and I went to Franklin proud of the West side, baby. Franklin? <laughs> I don't know about that, but yeah, yeah, whatever it is. It is what it is. But, um, dude, I think I love, um, just watching like how you've developed over the years. Cause anyone that doesn't know, Will and I have essentially trained together every single year since I was a junior in high school and you were a freshman in high school. I think I was in eighth grade when you were. Really? I, I, I want to say because you're, uh, you're a grad student. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I want to say I, was, I graduated 2019. Oh, no. So, yeah, I was a freshman. Yeah. I remember you were all skin and bones, both of us. And then now look at us now. We got one guy, one left-handed pitcher throwing upper eights, low nines. And then me, if I'm on, I can be low nines, but <laughs> struggling the last. I was struggling at the end of the fall from on my the velocity end, at least. Do you have any drop-offs near the end of the fall? Um, No, not really. I was dealing with some shoulder stuff, um, but we got that figured out up there. But I've been dealing with some shoulder inju- injuries for since like my freshman year of college, just battling impingements and mm-hmm. rotator cuff issues that has kind of led to bicep tendonitis. 
Uh, dude, uh, bicep tendonitis sucks. I had it like for like two and a half weeks in the summer. I think I think Ju- Julian, our other pitching coach, is sitting off to the side. He remembers that because I couldn't. I wasn't throwing. Just the front of my shoulder was lit up, and I don't know. But like ro- rotator cuff stuff, you're just dealing with inflammation, the usual stuff. Maybe a little bit of tendonitis. Yeah, definitely a lot of inflammation. Um, that's one of the big things that I that I need to do better is just limit that. You know, mm-hmm. with diet, more water, stuff like that. Um, you know, and all the all those things are just at my fingertips. I, you know, that's the biggest thing I think. Like, you know, nowadays athletes have every, you know, they have access to the internet. They have like that's where you can find everything. Like. You know, there's all kinds of coaches everywhere that, like, if guys want to get better, it's literally up to them. There's zero things that are holding them back now. Yeah, I think um, one, it's it's obviously great that we have access to so much information now, like through social media. I mean, I'm seeing a new thing every other freaking day. I open Twitter or, or sorry, X or um, TikTok, but um. I think it can lead a lot of guys down a rabbit hole if they're trying a new thing every single day. They're like, oh, I saw that. Let me try that. Oh, I do. I want to do this now. I want to do this. And they just keep jumping programs back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And they're not getting any results. Like you got to get consistent with it. And I know you over the last, what have been three years, been super consistent in your work and working now. And now, it's you now 295 on eccentric front squats. It's pretty, it's pretty buddy. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest things is staying consistent with what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think I've done pretty well with that over the years. But then it's it's almost like an obsession. It's not really like, mm-hmm. you know, people say like, oh, he's driven or he has a hard work ethic. But honestly, like it's literally, I think it's an obsession. Like, And it just feels weird when you don't do it. Did you so get like you that? Uh, do, it. do you get ever like that? Um on your rest days you get like you start to feel a little guilty for not doing anything because <laughs> i do that Honestly, all the time yeah that's one of the big things for me is like like i'm just like uh oh, maybe i'll just you know cheat out two reps here then you're like thinking about it right after this yeah. like i was in the middle of my workout right now and i had to do uh walking lunges at the end and i was like i'm not about it but you know, you think about it, and the next thing you know, I'm halfway down the cage, yeah. doing walking lunges. No, I uh, one of my favorite quotes. I think it was, I want to say it was David Goggins who said that. You know, stay hard. That man's a beast. But um, he was talking about motivation and how he hates motivation, and he's like, it's a, it's a fleeting emotion. Like you feel emotion for like a week at a time, and then it's gone. He's like, but the real the real trick is being disciplined enough to continue doing it. Cause he's like, it's not always gonna be there. And sometimes the things you're gonna do are gonna freaking suck, but you gotta get them done anyways. Yeah, I think it's all in your head too. Like, yeah, you just need to trick your mind. And, yeah. And you know what fucking sucked? What we did this morning. <laughs> the warm-up, dude. I was gassed after doing that. I was literally huffing and puffing. I was just sitting there, I was like, I had my hands on this. I looked over and Preeze just sitting on the ground. Everyone else was. All right, there. calm down. All right, it was it wasn't that bad. All right, I was I was I was doing pretty pretty good with it. I was throwing I was throwing the shit out of those med balls. We had like plyometric med ball throws. I was eating the, those bastards around. Yeah, I think definitely the warm up this morning was good. Uh, 
like all the hip mobility stuff is really what I need to do. Um, cause that's one thing I like. I mean, obviously your, your plant leg is going to be a little bit more uh, mobile than your drive leg just because of the amount of you know, stress you put on it. And, yeah. Like my, my left hamstring, obviously for you, you're left-handed. So you're opposite. You're, I don't know if you're the same way, but my left hamstring is way more flexible than my, my right hamstring, just cause I'm used to locking out, you know, my lead leg block. They're just used to that. So when we were doing like those hamstring scoops and stuff, I was almost, I was getting completely straight all the way down my right side. I could not dude. I was like, it's like a painful stretching dude that's the one thing i'm not very good at we had we had yoga at 6 a.m all all through the fall on tuesdays and thursdays dude that thing kicked my ass yeah i think definitely the mobility programs that i've been a part of lately have been pretty good Mm -hmm. um you know the stuff here that we do and just exploring on my own like you said social media i mean obviously you have to filter out the the guys i have no idea what they're doing but um, you know, just taking what you what you see, trying it, see if it works. Like I would say, probably half of my shoulder stuff was literally just stuff I saw on Instagram, mm-hmm. and then mixed in with like some PT stuff and just stuff that I picked up here and there. Yeah, you 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 told me you were at PT this morning for your shoulder, but they dry needled like your glute and your quad. Yeah, so I got a referral from my from my leg to for my hip because you know like we were saying earlier that i don't use my lower half and i just don't apply any force into the ground with my drive leg so just we notice that there's kind of like a a little what's the word deficiency i don't even know um from from my left leg to my right leg strength wise like obviously i don't lack strength and um you know when I'm moving in the weight room, it, it's not bad and I don't see a difference or feel a difference, but just like little things every once in a while, like that they asked me to do at the PT, like it's definitely a lot easier to do with my right leg. So, um, just working on that stuff and just like the stretching today and, you know, warm up today. Are you a fan of the dry needling? I, I can't stand it because I, I got it done on my elbow a bunch, um, when I was dealing with my injury. And the dude, this guy would put it in fucking hard. Like, he'd be like, Unk. and I was like, oh, that does not feel good. And he'd be like, oh, just let it relax. And then he'd push it in further, a little bit further. And then one time he freaking, he hit like my bone or something. And my arm was like, it jumped. Dude, it was not a fun experience for me. I, I'm not a big fan of it. I know it has a lot of benefit. I just, I, I would prefer to do other things. Oh, I'm a huge fan. I mean, really? I think, you know, obviously there's a couple ways to needle and I've had like three people do all three different ways. Um, I've had people, you know, put in the needles and just like let them sit there for a while for like 10 mm-hmm. minutes. I've done stem through the needles. That's pretty sweet. I've, I've tried that before. I, I didn't like that either. Really? Well, I, I just didn't that. like, I didn't like how my arm would like move a little with the needle in it, you know? Yeah, I mean, mine didn't really move. Like, obviously, I was doing the shoulder. I was doing the bicep tendon. Mm-hmm. So, honestly, it felt pretty sweet. Um, you know, it's just like the where, like, I'm tender and where I'm sore and where the inflammation is. It was literally just, like, vibrating the whole time. It felt amazing. Yeah. It kind of feels like a deep, like, ache, but it's, I, I like it. Um, 
I think uh, one of the reasons I'm not a big fan of it is I have like an irrational fear of something else happening because I I don't know if you saw a while ago there's like an NFL player that was getting dry needled and they ended up accidentally puncturing his lung. Mm-hmm. And I've he, seen that. Yeah, did you see that? It was it was a while ago. I forgot who it was, like the name of the guy, but like the trainer accidentally like I think they were doing like his scap or something, and he put it in too deep and he hit his lung, and he yeah, had I've to freaking get a little bit of that. Yeah. Um, the, the biggest thing, thing like, like, I'm pretty sure, like, they're just, I have to, like, be careful to where mm-hmm. there's, like, bone and obviously muscle because that's what you're needling yeah. under it. Um, But it's, like, more, like, yeah, like you said, like, in the scab under your armpit a little bit and then, like, back when you're, like, kind of back behind your scabs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. One thing I like more is, uh like, soft tissue release. I know you had me do that on you. What was it like last week at the end of the week? Mm-hmm. I I like that, and I just picked that up. Honestly, like I'm not a kinesiology major. I'm not any. I'm not certified in that stuff. But I uh, just from like my own personal experiences working with athletic trainers, they showed me how to do it. Like on certain areas, it's like hey, if like we're not around, you you can do it on yourself. Um, but then they showed me like where to like get in stuff like that, how to rub it, um, and then afterwards like what to do to like get more blood flow going to it. You like uh. When I put your hand, pause. Let me not say that. Um, you know, like I, I know you've asked me a few times to do that, like on your scap. Yeah, I think definitely what you picked up, you know, was actually kind of like perfect for my injury and what you know I deal with. Um, because I like any overhead stuff, like my my shoulder can be pretty tight. And like all the bicep stuff that you did too was pretty good. So all that stuff, I think a combination of everything really helps. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another dry needling too that really works. It's it makes you sore than hell, but it's really nice. It's like when they actually get in there and like make make it twitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so like I did my posterior delt like last week, and I'm still sore from it, but like it. Hit, it's so hard that the needle almost came out of my arm. It was sweet. Oh, did you know? You know what I had done one time? I got an epidural on my low back. I don't know. They, they put a a needle. I should do. Actually, not. It is that fucking long. Like, like an injection. Yeah, because I when I had my I had my disc bulges in my low back. Um, that was one of the things that they wanted to get for me, and it just helps with like inflammation, and they like numb it up, and then I felt it like go in at first and then it was numb and so obviously i didn't feel it go all the way in and then afterwards my my dumb ass was like how big was the needle that they put? <laughs> dude they pulled out a fucking dagger dude this thing was like it had to have been seven inches long obviously i'm probably over exaggerating but it was it was big and i was like <laughs> like i'm never i'm never doing that again well even the dry needles i mean they're going pretty deep and yeah but they're, they're really they're really skinny that's the thing oh yeah they're you don't even feel them mm-hmm. in most places that you put them in um but i mean they go pretty deep I didn't yeah no this the one they put in was probably yay thick yeah yeah no it was not it was not a good time and i was like need rational fear i don't have a fear of needles because i've done acupuncture before i actually really like acupuncture that's that's helping with a few things like i had what was it i was young i had like a pinched nerve in my heel like running all the way down like i couldn't i would like exercise and then like i'd go to practice and i was like in little league and i wouldn't be able to walk 
for like three hours afterwards without excruciating pain. Went to an acupuncturist, put fucking like three needles in my ear and like a couple in my hand. Haven't had pain there ever, ever since. Yeah, that's something I've never really. I mean, obviously everything's connected and I understand that, mm-hmm. but I have zero knowledge on that. Yeah. I've obviously never done it. So. It's, that, it's that Eastern, that Eastern medicine. I think my guy, my, the guy I go to, he's from the Philippines and he's like 78 years old, but he looks like he's 50. Like huh. I asked him, I was like, how? Because he has pictures. He used to be a boxer. He used to be a boxer. He has pictures up and everything. And it's from dated like in the 60s, 70s. Like I asked him, like, oh, how old are you? He's like, oh, 79. And I'm like, dude, no way. Like, dude, he looks like great. It freaking blows my mind. But, you know. Dry needling, man. Not a big fan of that. That's all I got to say about about that thing. I don't know. How's your boy Ty doing? Aaron Bowler is playing his sophomore year at El Paso Community <laughs> College. Um, he's out of my house. <laughs> but you got it. You get. You kicked him out finally. Yeah, he's found newfound love, and he's with her. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm a couple couple times. Mm-hmm. since i've been home for break yeah when uh when i was here in the summer last you guys are the freaking dynamic duo they go everywhere together because this guy tyrone he's from he's from new zealand right mm-hmm. yeah he's from new zealand and then he came over and he was living at your house dude's a good dude you you should tell him to come here i'd like to interview him i'll talk to him about australia new zealand baseball because it's pick it's pretty big over there yeah i think it's a you know growing thing Especially in New Zealand, it's not too big there, but um, they go to Australia to play. And but he, it's it's been pretty cool. Like he's been like in the like the under eighteens and under sixteens of like for Team New Zealand and stuff. That was pretty sweet. Well, I know he was because he's I think he's my age. He's twenty two, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but he said because he was playing in New Zealand, and then he came over like after he was done playing, he was like, oh, I want to go to college in the United States. And I don't know how I don't know how all that works, like for international students coming over, like for like the age thing, whatever. Because he's the only problem is that if you play professional, you're not allowed to play college. But okay. otherwise, age. We're asking the Colombian liaison, Julian. That's a, that's my guy right there. We go to for all international questions about <laughs> baseball, <laughs> baseball, anytime do anything like that. But, yeah, I think he. He was on some like practice squad, but he never got paid and he never played mm-hmm. in a professional game. As soon as you get paid, that's when you're like not qualified. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Can't you play in like NAI and stuff? Like NAI under certain things? allows professional baseball players, but I'm not 100% sure. NCAA, they do not accept it. Yeah. Because I remember when I went to PCC, that was the first grade. Do you ever get paid for playing? Mm-hmm. I was like, no. Okay. Well, that that makes sense to me because we've played a couple NAIA schools that have guys that don't speak a lick of English that are from like Dominican Republic, um, Puerto Rico, all that stuff, and they're like we're like one of the guys. I think one of the guys we played. They're talking to him, and he's like, "Yeah, I played a little professionally, like minor minor league," and they're like, "Really? Like, how'd you end up here?" And he's like, "Oh, it's the only school I could go to, or something like that." So that makes that does make sense to me. Yeah, one of one of the guys you you played against, my buddy, uh, he's at 
University of Kansas now. His name's Angel. I played summer ball with him. I think I texted you about him last year when you were at EPCC. He went to that Oklahoma school. Which one? The one that – the guy that hit, like, the 450-foot bomb off of you. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, what was that? I love how I bring that in because that's the first thing he said. I texted my buddy, Angel, and I forgot where he's from. But he lives in Kansas. He lives in Wichita. He was on my summer ball team. And I texted him. I was like, hey, you guys are going to play. Like, one of my buddies is pitching against you. And then he's like, okay. He's like, what does he throw? And I was like, he's a lefty. He's probably going to be up to, like, 90, 91. And he's like, okay. Text me, like, four hours later. He's like, I hit a bomb off your friend. And I was like, really? Far. Yeah. I mean, slurs. Hey. Yeah, dude, it happens. Well. It happens. I gave up, like, a 430-foot opposite field home run this year or this past season i threw like just like a get me over fastball in the outside corner to like a d1 bounce back and he launched one and i was like yikes <laughs> dude dude it far did you get tagged in the fall at all um one time um was it a skirt was it inner squad against each other or was it did you guys it was inner squad um it was probably like my one bad outing of the fall Mm-hmm. Couldn't throw a strike, and I don't really throw changeups. Yeah, because I'm a big supinator, so it's kind of a thing that I kind of left in the past. But um, I'm just throw fastball, slider, slurve, and nothing was working. Velo was going down. I was tired. Went out for I think my second inning of work. Mm-hmm. I just. Like, I would get two really quick outs and then forgot how to command the zone, and then everything went downhill from there. So, two outs, and I think there's a runner on second. And my pitching coach was calling pitches. We use like the pitch comm thing. Yeah. We got like a little deal on our wrist that we use. How do you, how do you like, sorry to interrupt you, but how do you like that? Because we're getting that this, um, this season. And I've never used it before. Yeah, so they wanted to, us to get used to it during the fall. It's pretty sweet. It's about the size of a woo band mm-hmm. um, for you guys that have any. But um, it kind of has like a screen, like, um, you know those things that you get like at the grocery store, like cash register with like the two little dials that you could draw with? Yeah. You know yeah. About? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that little, they're like, it has a screen like that or like a screen like a calculator. Mm-hmm. And literally, they just press a button and then you look at your thing and it goes fastball inside, fastball away, and vice, like with everything. So it's super, like, it even says pick the first when you need to pick the first. Like, it literally puts, like, you don't have to worry about anything else but the hitter. So it's pretty sweet. I mean, my second year of JUCO wasn't wasn't bad, um, but like my first year, we had like a sign for everything, and I was like, it was to the point where like there was a runner on second base, and I was so worried about what the signs I was getting from the middle infielder that like I was more nervous and like more anxious about getting the sign mm-hmm. from shortstop than like worrying about the hitter, and it was it was bad. Like so, I think it just eliminates that part. And I do think it makes it quicker um, as long as the technology is, you know, working. I mean, there was, like, twice. I think, I think it may have been, like, raining one time. 
and there was some kind of issue where like I don't remember if it was the water or like if someone stepped on it in the bullpen or something. For some reason, like one of our pitchcom things, our little watches is already like screwed up for some reason. Nice. Well, we love that breaking the new stuff already. This is why we can't have new things. God damn it. Who so, was it? Was anyway, it you? No, I don't remember. <laughs> um, but anyway, about my story though. So I look down at my watch and I'm like, change up. I'm like, I haven't thrown one of these in like two weeks. Like that's when you know he has zero like he's just like, screw it. Like yeah, we're gonna fucking shot in the dark. Like, he can't he can't throw a fastball, he can't throw a slider, like maybe he can throw a changeup. So fast forward two pitches. Of course I'm two and oh on the header because I haven't thrown changeup in two weeks and I had I was just like, What the hell? Like, all right, I'm just gonna try to throw it down the middle and it was nowhere close in the middle. So I got 2-0, and I threw a meatball, like 86-mile-an-hour fastball. And I think it may have been the hardest hit ball of the fall. Um, I think it was like 109.5. And, like, I just, like, remember turning around and just hearing the bang off the plywood and, like, behind our wall. Um, we played the Diamond, which is the double-A stadium in Richmond. And they have like these big plywood, um, like another plywood wall bes- behind the wall. Um, and they just have a bunch of like advertisements and stuff. So when everyone hits a bong, it's just like, bang, yeah, right off the wall. It probably so echoes in minor league stadium, oh, yeah. probably echoes. <laughs> yeah. And the thing about the diamond too is it's old and it's just a big concrete, like half dome mm-hmm. is basically what it is. It literally looks like a bowl. Yeah, no. Um, I think the hardest ball I've ever given up, and I know it's the hardest ball I've ever given up. Um, this dude, it was last year. I was pitching a midweek game, and I was pitching really bad. Um, and this lefty came in, and I got like three, three one on him, and I just tried to win inside with a fastball. He was like 91. He turned on it and smoked a line drive that was probably two feet off the ground directly into my ankle. Uh, my, my plant leg smoked it. And then the ball shot off my ankle and went all the way down to the right field lot, like right field wall, like down the line. And he got a triple out of it. And I was like, dude, it hurt. And in the moment, like yeah, I felt it hit and I was like, oh, that's going to suck. And they came out, like the trainer and our coach came out and they're like, hey, throw a couple warm-up pitches. I was like, all right. So I throw a couple warm-up pitches. And then it was like I was throwing like 88, 89 on the warm-up pitches without really trying. So I'm like, okay, it's fine. So all right. And I get out of the inning, come back in the dugout. It's fine for an inning. And then I just got hit by a wave of fucking pain. And it swelled up to like the size of a fucking tennis ball. It's like right here on the side of my ankle. Dude, fucking, I couldn't turn, like, out for probably a week and a half, two weeks without excruciating pain. Dude, that was fucking brutal. But. Yeah, I've never been hit. I got close <laughs> to getting hit in uh, summer ball. The same guy, actually. My teammate. Really? Um, he just has your number. <laughs> um. Well, he's two for, like, nine with seven punch outs. So. Oh, okay, so. All right, so the, but the, it's just both balls that he hit were absolutely torched. Gotcha, so, gotcha. And he almost killed me on one of them, and the other one was obviously <laughs> off the plywood. So, I just uh, buzz you, 
like right by your head or something. Yeah, it was hit like ninety nine point seven. Because mm-hmm. in the CPL we have TrackMan on all those stadiums. So I went back and watched it, and the announcers were like, "Oh, that ball was hit ninety nine point seven, and it was like maybe a couple inches above my head, tipped off like the backside of my glove, and just yeah. went straight into center field." Dude, it's it's I try when whenever like a comebacker comes at you, because I've had a few like they come right back towards you. It's it's interesting. Like your body goes into like that. It, it feels like it's slower than it actually is. Like I I'm sure like you guys both you know both pitchers you've experienced that. Like it looks like it's coming in a lot slower than it actually is, and then it just like whips by you, and then you look back and it's like, <laughs> like yeah. you're like damn. Like, well, the reason why I looked, I looked at the. Uh, the game, you know, after we were done, was because I was talking to my dad, and I was like, I was like surprised I didn't catch it. Like it didn't seem mm-hmm. that hard. Like I was like, Dad, I think it was hit like eighty four. Yeah. And he goes, Well, they said it was hit like a hundred miles an hour, and I was like, There's no way. So I had to go look and listen to the broadcast, and the announcers were, of course, said it was a hundred. So yeah. did the announcers, especially like. For some reason, the announcers we have at school, like, they love to shit on our own players. <laughs> like, I, I swear to God, if I'm making this up, like, they'll they'll be talking and they're like, oh, you know, he's having a really bad year. It's like, damn, bro, I thought you were on my side. Like, they were t- they said that about me one time, like, because my coach, after, like, each of our games, we go up, they have, like, a post-game interview. And uh, at the beginning of the year, I was pitching good, but I wasn't having like the results. You, you, you get that where it's like you're not getting hit hard, but it's like, you know, you walk a guy and then it's like an infield single followed by a blue pit down the line, one run scores, and then it's like an error, another run scores. So like after the first two weeks of the season, I was dealing with a lot of that. So my ERA was a lot higher. It was, it was the inflated reliever ERA. And our we do like a post-game interview. They do a post-game interview for our, with our coach. And the dude's like, yeah, uh, Andrew Preve, you know, he's really struggling this year. You know, his ERA is like a like a 40 at the moment. <laughs> I was just like, well, he's had three outings and he's pitched really good. And there's just a lot of weak contact. And he's like, oh, okay, well, hopefully he picks it up here in the next next three weeks. I'm like, dude, fuck this guy. man. <laughs> what the hell did he he was shitting on our catcher too. Our catcher was struggling one game and he had a couple pass balls and he was just like, man, he's really struggling back there. I'm like, can we get a new announcer over here? Like, like what's going on, dude? <laughs> Fucking brutal. Have you ever had that? Nope, I don't think I... Lucky. I say I did, but... Lucky man. What are you fucking... What are you playing with? Fidgeting with your finger? Yeah, I got a blister. A blister on your... Oh, dude, another blood blister. A blood blister or just a blister? A blood blister. Dude, I get them on my... I get them on the inside of my pointer finger, at always at the beginning of the season when it's, like, in the winter. um, And it just lights up for, like, two weeks. But you, I don't think you have to deal with that. I think it's the cold weather that does it to me. But I mean, what's the weather get like there in Virginia? Do you know anything? Like, where you're at? Is it, is it going to get cold when you go back? Yeah, I heard it's supposed to be pretty um pretty brutal when I get back. Probably, I think I heard like forties, okay, windy, that's, rainy. That's, that's not bad, dude. Dude, try um, try try 
30 degrees out with real field being 15 degrees and you have to play a nine inning game. Dude, fucking sucked. That was one of our games last year. Our first conference game at home. I was I, well, I was a popsicle. I mean, we'll probably have a couple games like that. And every single time I go out there in the fall on like a rainy, windy day, mm-hmm. I'll go out in like tights, long sleeve shirt, yeah, hoodie, a jacket. Mm-hmm. And look like, like the fucking Mich- the Michelin man, dude. Just wrapped with layers on layers on layers. Yeah, and then all my teammates are like, well, this is a normal day in February, so figure it out. Yeah, get used to it. We got to go to the Bronx this year, too, to play. Thank God. Where are you guys playing? Late. Fordham is what they're called. Okay. I don't know if you've seen their field, but it's like. (laughs) I have not. It's like. It's like a combination of a football field and a baseball field. Like, it's. Literally like a municipal, if that's the word. Oh, feel okay. gotcha. Like with dugouts, it's wild. Oh, so okay. everyone's like, bro, we gotta go play at a community park up in the Bronx. That's that freaking sucks. We had like those those neutral sites for certain games. Like we had one last year against uh Missouri Southern. We went to like their they had like their senior night and they did it at a like community field that it I think one point in time it probably was a minor league stadium. But it is literally like the dugouts. They looked like World War II bunkers, and I'm not making that up. Like they, it was like 15 steps, like at a straight incline, and then like the top layer, and then it was just like a straight. Like if you fell from the top, dude, you're fucking knocked out. Like it was high. And we we're like, what the fuck is this? Like just walked in. So yeah, I know we play one tournament at an alternate site um this year um it's kind of cool because we host a lot of events like the a10 mm-hmm. tournament was at the diamond last year and then we have like our own tournament that we host um that guys will come to us but like the one the one we go to i think we play some michigan schools we play michigan state i think like western michigan if that's right um we play them in Greenville, South Carolina, and I don't know if you're familiar with that stadium, but it's literally like a mini Fenway. It looks like they got a big group, like Green Monster, and mm-hmm. it's pretty sweet. So that'll be fun. You get yeah. to play at some really nice, really nice stadiums. Our fields yeah. beat beat the crap. They're doing. I think they're turfing it all next year. Of course, the year that I'm not like the year after I leave. They're turfing like all the fields on campus, but like it's gonna be nice. Like they have, we're putting our logo in center field. Everything's locked in, but I mean, we have a turf mound, so I don't really have an issue with it. Just, just the appeal of the grass fields in winter when everything's dead. You're like, ugh, it's all gray. Like, it just does not look good. But no issues. I like pitching on turf. You guys have a dirt mound, huh? Come in, yeah, early. we. I mean, I don't mind pitching on turf. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like, I would take a good turf mound over, like, a crappy bad. Yeah, that's, that's usually like, how it goes. Like, yeah. a, a good turf, like, a good turf mound is better than an average dirt mound, but, a like, a great dirt mound is way better than any turf yeah. mound. And that's one cool thing about the diamonds that we have, the minor league, um, What's it called? Like the grounds crew. The grounds crew, yeah. So they're 
out there doing the grass, doing all our mounds, bullpen all the time. So, like, when we go on to use the mound, it's, like, pristine every single time. You get the time. VIP treatment, dude. I'm over here throwing on mounds that are practically fucking flat grounds. <laughs> One of the schools at our conference, the mound is, shit, you're not two inches above. Like, that's the slope. Yeah, I mean, we may have some of those, but obviously, I haven't played at the D one level yet, so yeah, I don't know what what we're what I'm gonna get into. But all I know is I'm breaking fresh clay every single time. Oh yeah, I step on the mound. Yeah, what uh, do you guys like? Who do you think is the best team you're gonna play this year? We open up at NC State. Really? So yeah, that's gonna be sick. Then. Though. then we always play Virginia, UNC. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a pretty Tough schedule, I think, non-conference. Um, so I'm excited to play there and see how you know myself and the whole team mat- like matches up against. They're they gonna televise you guys' games. Yeah, I think. I mean, probably those games will be on like the ACC network. Oh yeah, um, that's fucking. Then sick. all our games are on ESPN Plus. Oh really? Dude, I'm gonna have to check that out. I think my my roommate has. We have like a like in our living room, we have like a fire stick and everything. And he's got like all all the bells and whistles on there, dude. He's got ESPN, ESPN Plus. So we usually watch all the sporting events there. So I'll definitely have to be on the lookout, see if I can see you pitch. Yeah, it's pretty sweet too, since we play at the minor league field. Mm-hmm. Like they have all the camera angles from obviously the minor league games. Mm-hmm. So like I remember like some of the streams like for the summer during summer ball, like would be some like whack like first base camera view like 24 7 you can't see anything yeah but like we have like the home plate view mm-hmm. and everything or the one from center field that like zooms in over the mound it's pretty sweet dude we have a uh, in the past dude our fucking stream quality has been terrible like i'm gonna see if i can pull it up like let's see hold on let me hit this tv real quick i gotta show you this because i'm not making this it looks like it was filmed on a fucking ipod touch is it the stream or your Wi-Fi? No, it's it's like a combination of the camera plus the stream, dude. It is brutal. Oh, let me find this. I'm gonna have to scroll up. I'm. This is what our stream looks like every home game in the past. This year they made it to where um you have to have um the center field screen. Uh, where is it at? Look at that. Looks like you're on Game Changer Live <laughs> on a Little League field, dude. Game Changer Live. That. You can't even. You can't even. Perfect game tournament. Yeah, dude. You can't even see the fucking pitch. You just see, just pixels. That was our stream, and then you, you want to see. You got the classic net in front. Yeah, of the and then like here, too. here's like one of the other ones we had. That that's like someone else's stream at our school. Like it's not the best quality, but like you see how they have like that angle set up pretty nicely. Right, a little fuzzy. Yeah, it's not bad. This this was here. I'll show you this one. This was Pitt State, Pittsburgh State, in Pittsburgh, Kansas. This was the nicest quality we had. Like that's that's pretty good. But no, all that other stuff, fucking brutal. Yeah, they they literally made it a requirement because of our school. Like we didn't have like the quality was so bad. Like the MIAA told us told our like athletic department was like yo you guys got to get a new camera like you guys can't be i don't know because like our conference at least we're in the miaa and 
Um, from what I've heard, it's like the SEC of Division II schools. And I believe it because we've had the national champions in football like four or five years in a row. And then like one of the schools, they didn't win last year, but like their basketball team has won three, three out of the last five national championships. Um, Central Missouri, their baseball team is ridiculously good. Yeah, you've heard, heard of them. them. Yeah, they're always top twenty. Like a red donkey. Yeah, a mule. They're the mules. They're pain in my ass. I'm not gonna lie. But hey, if there's any UCM players that somehow come across this podcast, shout out to you guys. You guys are have a very good program. You guys are coached very well. Hats off. I'll, I will tip my hats to them. But yeah, I mean, at one point last year, um, we had like seven teams ranked in the top twenty-five, like throughout the year, in our just in our conference alone. So it's real good competition. So I'm excited. I'm excited to get going. We're not playing NC State and Virginia like you guys will be, but hey, we still got some good competition. But yeah, for sure. How are, how are you guys looking like your team? We're pretty good. I mean, obviously everything's crazy with the transfer portal and then we got yeah. new coaches. So last year was a little down year for VCU. I think they were like 25 and 35. Which is like still terrible. Like mm-hmm. it's still just under five hundred. Um, I think they were like five hundred in conference. I don't know. Don't quote me on it. But um, I mean, the year before that, they were like forty and twenty. So like, they they have a good history of winning. Yeah, I I think you you were telling me when you first got back that you have a few guys on your team you think are gonna get drafted. At the end yeah, of the we year. should have a couple guys. Um. That guy that touched me a couple times, mm-hmm. um, in summer ball in the fall. Um, he's a his name's Brandon Ike. Mm-hmm. He's uh, NC or uh, North Carolina transfer. Um, so he played in the CPL for the first half of the summer, mm-hmm. and then had nine home runs in the month of June, and then played the remainder of the summer in the Cape Cod. Yeah, and I, I'm pretty sure he did just as good. Like he he tore it up. Yeah. So um, we have one of those guys. We got a sophomore up to 96 that's draft eligible. And then we have another senior that's already gotten drafted out of high school, didn't sign. Um, that's like 90, 94. He's got a chance. Um, and who knows? We got, we got a lot of talent, a yeah. lot of guys that can do it. I mean, our staff is really good. Like the – just like, like from head to toe, our staff – is it's great like at the junior college level like it kind of trickles down pretty steep but mm-hmm. like there's zero drop on talent yeah you know i think it at least where i am yeah d1 level so well that would like, be fun to fun to watch are you did you talk to your coach like about what your role is going to be yeah i'll be a bullpen guy hell yeah um, welcome to the club let's fucking go dude that fires me up Another so i'll probably guy. be one of the one of the first guys out of the pen, I'm assuming. Um, we had our exit meetings the la- like last week when mm-hmm. I was there. So we just talked about all of that. Nice. And stuff like that. So, Oh, well, yeah, dude. That's going to be fun to fucking see, dude. Coming out of the pen, dude. You- you've done it before, obviously. Coming out of the pen. Yeah, like, I've done You did that both. your freshman year. I did a mix of starting and relieving mm-hmm. freshman year. Um. Sophomore year, all starts. I think I had like 13, 12, 13 starts. Mm-hmm. 
Then summer ball, I was strictly out of the pen just to keep my innings low. Yeah. Because um, I had thrown a ton in Juco. I, like, tripled my innings this this calendar year than mm-hmm. I did my freshman year. So, like, that could also be a cause for my shoulder stuff. But um, Which, which so one think, do you like more? I don't know. I think I'm more efficient out of the pen. Yeah. Uh, as long as, you know, strikes are a common thing. Right, right. We'll be good. But I've been getting better at the strike throwing thing, so. Dude, yeah. It'll just, be fun to see. Just getting that ball. My, my mood is dictated by how well I can get a ball into an imaginary square. Kind of blows my mind, but. Dude, I remember when I, after my second year of junior college and I was transferring, I was like, dude, I'm going to be a starter. Like, I was all hyped up. I'm like, dude, I'm going to be the guy. And then I got there and I was not the guy. I was terrible out of the, in a starting role. I just, I, I would think too much. Like, I'd be like, oh, I got to pitch this guy a certain way because I'm going to end up facing him again. And then that just, it was abysmal. And then they put me in like the back end of the bullpen and I was like, let's go. All right, I found my home. That's that's where I that's where I like to roll now. So that's where I'm gonna be throwing out of again this year. That's what I did last year. So I mean lots of guys they talk about you know getting into a starting role, some like draft stock and stuff like that. Yeah. Um so there's a couple guys that have been talking about that 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 are gonna be starters for us <laughs> that are real real good. Both of those guys I mentioned before. Yeah, lefty up to ninety four and a righty up to ninety six are pretty uncommon. So. As a sophomore, that's pretty fucking good. I mean, we had, I think last year the the only issue I have, or so pro ball, you know, it's hard. We already know to get into, um, but I think a lot of like Division one schools get way way more looks than smaller schools. Like we had a few guys that we played. We had a few guys that we played. Um, that they had guys coming out that I think one of them, I think we only had like one guy get drafted out of our conference and he was the last round. And this dude came out, he was 93 to 96 topping 97 for like five and a third innings and shoved. And I was like, dude, if he was at a power five school or any D one, definitely top 10 rounder easily. Huge. Like he was like six, six too. So. Yeah, we have. So there's a VCU baseball alum. Um, my dad actually met him in the winter meetings. Mm-hmm. I think he's the director of ops for the Mariners. So they draft a lot of VCU guys. So that's pretty sweet. Um, I don't know him, but he was there obviously before me. Yeah. Uh, but there's a third baseman in the Mariners organization right now. So. Hey, well, I mean, you got a really good opportunity, real bright opportunity in front of you. I'm looking forward to seeing it. But um, I'm gonna we're probably gonna end it for the day. I know you got to get out of here, go pick up your brother from school. So thank you for coming on, man. Gotta gotta redo the mound too. Yeah, we get we got bullpens tomorrow. Yeah, I'm excited. See what we can get up to tomorrow. But um, again, Will Gross, left-handed pitcher at was it Virginia Commonwealth University? University got that right. Um, Look, make sure to follow him. Check tune into the games on ESPN Plus when they're playing. Um, but again, if you're interested in remote training, in-house training, or just looking for advice on baseball training, uh, baseball in general, make sure to DM us at Bimoli Texas or Bimoli Athletics on Instagram and our website. Visit our website is www.bimoliathletics.com. Will, thank you again for coming on. Yes, sir. Appreciate you.